Welcome to uh, What About Books slash In Five Years uh, podcast, whatever we're calling it. Uh, but uh, this is week three on Atomic Habits by James Clear. Anybody tried to uh, use any of the suggestions yet? Mike? Uh, can you hear me okay when I'm yeah. talking? Okay. So I have a habit of going home, and this might be too much information, but I have a <laughs> habit of going home from working 12, 15 hours, going straight into my island in my kitchen, taking off my shirt, because I always have an undershirt on, and I have some like workout shorts at the table at the at the island. So I change and I put my clothes there. And then the next day, my wife, it drives my wife bananas. So what I started doing now to try to change a habit is instead of just going in and going straight to the counter, I'm going to go to my closet and do it that way. Cause I've been doing it the same way all the time. And I, I called myself yesterday doing it again. So, <laughs> but when I, when I did it, I went to the closet then I couldn't find my keys. I couldn't find my wallet. I couldn't find anything. Cause I, I changed that habit, but. I'm yeah. working on it, you know, because you, yeah, so you got to change that one. You got to add another, adding that habit's causing you to have a domino effect of what you got to do. We're good. And I was like, where did I leave everything? Where I know I had it and I, it was just right here. And then I go tell her, did you move it again? I know you don't like when I do that, but why'd you move it? And it was me that moved it. So I was just trying to use the thing of the book to try to, you know, change some stuff, you know, small yeah. things, small things are what matters. You yeah, change that, those little small things and it can drive other things as well. Absolutely. Scott, welcome. Thanks. How y'all doing? Good. How are you doing? Man, I was up at 501 getting after it, Danny. 501. Six minutes Congrats. earlier and you'd, and you'd been up with me. I know. I'm telling you. I'd like to say I set an alarm clock, but I didn't. Was your knee hurting? No, Jesus said it's time to get up. Okay, put good. stuff on my heart, and as I got up and I started writing my uh, Christian leadership speech for um, the upcoming Trace Diaz weekend, I'm one of the 15 speakers. Well, cool. Any habit changes you've been working on? Um, since I had my surgery, I haven't been able to do my morning push-ups and sit-ups routine, and that's I've been thinking about it every day when I brush my teeth. It bothers me that I can't do that, and I know it'll come back. Um, but I've also been doing that Darren Hardy, um, uh, Daily uh, Darren, the, the momentum uh, challenge, the reading challenge you're doing right now, the book you guys finished. Yeah. Compound effect. Yeah, the compound effect. So I'm doing the seven day, I guess, I think it is reading challenge. And so uh, I finished day two yesterday. And um, today I'm like asking myself, am I really going to start writing down? everything pick one thing and write it down and i looked and i don't have a notebook i'm like all right i even put on my calendar go buy a small notebook that fits in my little pant, pant pocket pant pocket start <laughs> writing down every day what is it that i'm putting in my mouth every day that's what i'm gonna start doing. yeah that's one of the things he uh yeah uh, he can really convict you on that thing right there just writing that those little things down pretty amazing i really don't want to do it but i'm like can't, can't complain unless i give it a try right yeah Gary, you getting it done? Yeah, I am. 
the uh, anybody else try to a, uh, instill a habit? Well, uh, <laughs> not very successfully. However, my company has an app called, that's obviously with many companies, but it's called Limeade. And if you earn so many points, they give you a gift card. And it's like money laying on the table, right? That I, so I missed the $50 from the first quarter and whatever it was for the second quarter, but they're doing a steps. If we can do so many steps, they're gonna donate so much money to something. And you know, so another person on my team of workers decided to create a team. There are only four of us, but I have to log my steps now with them every day. And it's, um, I get points for logging my food, which I was already doing, but it's this sort of little reward system now to like Pavlovian. <laughs> so it's an app on my phone, but my captain gets after me if I haven't logged in my steps. <laughs> so, you know, it's more. I, it's, What's it called? Limeade? Limeade, L-I-M-E-A-D-E. And I've, I've done, you know, like Omada, which is like Noom with my last company, but this is not about um, uh, food and diet. This is about everything, going and getting a well check. You get points for going to the dentist for cleaning. You know, you get points for taking a walk, whatever, whatever it is and whatever your company kind of sets up with them. But that's called, it's an app called LimeAid. And um, it's not really following his linking a habit, but because I'm now on a team with some people and it's a little bit more accountability to it. I was already yeah. doing the food, but there's a reward coming. If I hang in there, it's a hundred dollar gift card. Cool. Okay. And why would I want to let them keep the money? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I've yeah. been uh, adding what I've added, you know, that stacking with two things. I mean, when I open up my computer, whether I open it up or I, you know, I've gone to sleep because I've walked off, gone to an appointment, come back, that every time I open my computer, normal thing I go to is my email. Um, and so what I'm doing is I'm, I'm going to my CRM first. And uh-huh. so I'm trying to drive myself into looking at my CRM more often. And uh, uh, when I bring in my browser for the first time, if I've shut it down that day, it, it goes to my CRM. But so I'm trying to, uh, I, I, that habit stacking, I've added the CRM to, uh, to go to it every time I sign into my computer. That's what I was trying to say. Anybody else? Well, we're on, you know, uh, just a quick recap. Uh, what uh, Mr. Clear has been teaching us from chapter one, a couple of quick highlights of the summary of habits or compound interest of self-improvement, getting 1% better every day counts for a long run. Habits are a double-edged sword. Small changes often appear to make no difference until you cross a critical threshold. Um, You do not rise to your level of goals. You fall to your level of systems. 
gotten quite a few, uh, had a couple of good conversations with people. I've had uh, a little bit of criticism uh, on a couple of uh, Facebook and LinkedIn posts about that. Uh, it's been interesting. To, you know, some people are very, very passionate about goals. And, and you know, I've had Gary's heard me, Herdy's heard me uh, uh, for years talk about, you know, uh, uh, growth over goals. And uh, I'm real stingy about goals. And um, all that stuff in that first chapter just uh, gave me a little bit of uh, a momentum to, uh, 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 I know some people, everything's a goal. Every, they, everything they do is a goal. And it's just, it just kind of, um, seems to be too much. Then chapter three or chapter two, we covered last week. There's three levels of change, outcome, process, and identity. Um, and I've got a note here. Who do I want to become? Become the better version of yourself requires you to continuously edit your beliefs, to upgrade and expand your identity. I've got a note here about uh, the gap between uh, who I am and who I want to be some I've even got I got a little diagram here I think it says and who I think I am <laughs> so um, anyway now this this week is how to build better habits the four simple steps and uh, so uh, uh, any who's got some takeaways from from what he's teaching us here this week well Danny says that if you can't do the first three steps, which is cue, craving, and, and uh, response, then you can't, uh, all four will not occur. Yeah. yeah. Which, which really means that if you did, if you did change your system, right, if you worked on your systems and not the goal, if you didn't get the first three steps of the habit uh, in, integrated, then you would never reach the goal. That's what that told me. Yeah, it says over on page 49, uh, the response of the first three, what you're referring to, delivers a reward. Rewards are the end goal of every habit. Whereas number two, the third step response is the actual habit you perform then the reward is the end goal. So Q is noticing the habit. Craving is wanting the habit. Uh, my gym shut down Friday. Walked in for, uh, you know, a little bit after six Friday morning, and Michelle said, Danny, this, today's our last day. And let me tell you, <laughs> I've had that. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm surprised how much I've... Uh, I'm not surprised by how much I think about your know, planning just a habit to go to the gym. Now I can't go over there and hit those bags. So, so uh, anything on pages, uh, if you've got the, uh, the paper book, pages 43, beginning of the chapter, 44, 45, why your uh, brain built habits. Danny, just a quick point. Yeah. Um, in business process improvement, that whole cycle, if you've ever done any of that, many of you have, where, where it's called, you know, one of the things you look at is to stop doing certain steps. Yeah. Like you're, you've been doing something, you find out either 
it's redundant, not important anymore. You shouldn't be doing it at all because the procedures have changed. And that's a big part of this key because you're getting ready to tee up, if you will, all the stuff you want to focus on. You know, as businesses change and as you change, there are things you may have done that no longer need to be there or need to take a different format. I think that's a really important step because we wind up doing things. I've seen, I've walked into businesses before as a consultant. I go, why are they doing that? When I ask the key people, they can't tell me. Mm. Well, probably then we're, we're wasting a bunch of time. So, I mean, I just, as a part of that, when you're looking at it, if there's something you can say, you know, do I need to do that any longer? It frees up a lot of time to focus on these, you know, atomic habits. Yeah. Um, now he talks about that in the book. Is it this chapter he talks about that? Or I know he talks about it here in the book uh, that you made me think about something there. Uh, that's you know, I, I'm experiencing that with something right now. I have been for a few months. I mean, I laid off somebody back in and uh, let them go back in April, moved part of our team, part of our ops into another group inside the company. And they're excellent. I mean, they're performing at a lot higher rate, but I still, you know, <laughs> I have a habit of, I find myself pausing and or going to my email, see if there's something in ops I need to address because of the former person that worked for me. I couldn't trust him to do it. And, uh, or he would wait for me anyway. So I still find myself doing that. So I'm going to have to, I hadn't thought about that, but that's in the, he talks about that in the book, but great. That's uh, yeah, yeah. Why do I keep doing that? <laughs> I need to stop it. But, um, anyway. So Danny, one of my takeaways actually is on page 46 when he says the conscious mind is the roadblock of our brain because we know that we can process stuff at an amazing amounts of speed, but we can't verbalize it, for example, or when you're writing something in an article, it takes 10 times as long uh, as you can think it. So in a way, we get down to this whole thing of uh, time management and a combination of effectiveness and efficiency that we're striving to do these repetitive tasks without having to recreate the will. You know, the old joke about the high I personality is they work, wake up in a new world every day. And so for that standpoint, we don't want to wake up in the new world every day. And quick uh, comment before it slips my mind, uh, Herdy recommended a uh, prospecting book uh, last week. I've got a copy. The guy's got great feet on the street insight and uh, you know, I, I found myself slipping away into a digital marketing world when I should be spending a lot more time on the phone. And so that's a habit I'm changing this week. Thank you, Mr. Burke. Yeah. Is that the uh, fanatical process? Yeah. Prospecting Jed Blunt? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 My team, uh, we're living in that book. Yeah. Um. Hey, Danny, I think there's a, a, 
getting into some habits here. So part of creating a new habit for me and my world of consulting is I have to really pay attention to the things that are on horizon because of the quick changes, because of things that are uh, that I have to research to keep up with. And um, the, the, the point to that is, is that I almost have to, to take notes and then sit down and decide of those notes I've taken, which of those things am I really going to focus on and put into my system and, and, and test them. So I have, sometimes I have to create habits to test things that don't lead to any results. And then sometimes I test things that lead to results that are least expected. And then I have to come up with a system to make it work. If that makes any sense at all, then good luck. But that's kind of my world. Uh, it's like Gary says, the, uh, the digital part of life uh, can, can, can actually ruin your your systems and your processes because people tend to think that that's a lazy way to market. Well, that's what, uh, Hardy, you're talking right at the bottom of page 44. Right, right. Like Thorndike's cat, you're just trying things out to see if it works. Right. Right. And, and there's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes yeah. you develop, you develop a habit and then you have to undo it because you realize it's not workable. Uh, but you have to test it to the final result. You have to make sure it goes to use a, a lack of word. You have to make sure it's dead. You've exhausted yeah. it. You've exhausted it. Yeah. Right. You, you can't, you didn't say, well, that's not going to work for me. You have to say, I'm going to test this till it doesn't work for me. Right. And that and that's a different habit. Uh, well, I mean, to Tom's point a while ago, I, 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 you know, I'm thinking about one time that I had somebody come to me, you know, 12, 15 years ago, they came to me and they said, why in the world are we requiring this document? Do you have any idea? And it was holding up uh, a, a file for moving into closing or, uh, or to be funded or something. And I thought, what? And he said, yeah, we require this on every loan. So I pulled up, uh, uh, looked at it, and, and sure enough, it was in every file. So I went, huh. So was I it went, the survey hey, thing? What's that? Was it the three-day review for survey or something? No, it was. I don't remember what it was, but okay. it, was, it was some. Yeah, that one right there is an interesting <laughs> one. Uh, but uh, uh, the uh, uh, so, so I went to Candy, my shipper. And I said, Candy, do you have to have this on every file? She says, no, but, um, but we get it. And I said, <laughs> did you have to have it at one time? And she said, yeah, I, we had a file. It told me about a problem file that we had and we needed it. And it's a rare case, whatever it was, we need it. And so uh, she automatically, she told the underwriters and the closers about it, and they started requiring it on every loan, and it was a pain in the butt chasing it. We've been chasing it, it turned out, almost six six months. Wow. That it, 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 we, it, we did it, and we just had to stop what the, what Tom was saying. It's, there's some things you just, something you need one time, you don't need every time. But It was uh, redundant. It was something yeah. that wasn't, it was a one-off. Right. Yeah. So, um 
It's sometimes a special case problem and applied a general case solution, which re reduced efficiency and made everybody work harder. Yes, there you go. No benefit. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the thing I like to, about what Hardy was saying is, in, our, in, a, in his own words, he was describing the value add that entrepreneurs bring to the marketplace, which is more rapid trial and error. You know, and the best attempt at scale of that is Google saying, hey, just take one day a week of your time. You know, and all Googlers work more than 40 hours, right? They're working 50 hours or 60 hours, but take eight hours a week, call it 15% and just do whatever you want. And out of that, they're hoping for creativity. And they've had success with that, right? Just letting people use their imagination and experiment. And how do you then, on the beginning part of these, this journey with, um, you know, th this author and, and the hardy work, it's like, how do you just get your arms around what you're doing and make it more predictable for yourself? So you understand the inputs, you understand the outputs, and you understand what's happening in the middle, which brings peace, right? Brings peace and more confidence in what you're doing. Um, but then Herdy's taking it to the whole new level, which is like, yeah, I've got peace. I've got confidence. I've got a working system. It's all, you know, I'm, I'm driving the ship and it's all good. Got my dials, got my readouts. Um, but now how do I make it better? And uh, that, that, that also casts a vision for me, you know, probably in the, okay, I've got a new job. I'm running for school board. That's a whole new thing I haven't done before. And it's suddenly got all this work and I don't have systems for how to do all these different things. Um, then now it's starting over a little bit and okay, getting my arms back around the inputs, the outputs and how the stuff in the middle works. Yeah, we're always, we're always pursuing the change, right? Yep. Guys, this whole thing around why getting on page 44 and goes to the top of page 47 about why your habit, why your brain builds habits is just, to me, intriguing. Um, the whole thing around the, the conscious and the subconscious mind and um, the, that part about without, uh, 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 without good, uh, that everything about habits do not restrict freedom. In fact, the people who don't have habits handled are often the ones with the least amount of freedom. And then all of the withouts you've got there, you've got four withouts. And uh, uh, if you're always being forced to make decisions about simple tasks, when I should work out, where do I go to write? When do I pay bills? Uh, then you have less time for freedom. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've got, uh, that's part of what's going on with me this week. I'm kind of a, you know, yesterday morning, it was just the, uh, my dad would have called us the EBGBs. I had the EBGBs because I wasn't walking out the door at six fifteen uh, to to walk the half mile to the gym, and I was going okay. Well, I'm going to go to the other gym and lift weights, and I end up not doing anything. <laughs> I, you know, it's just so I've got to readjust that, and it's uh, so. Uh, Building habits uh, in the present allows you to do more of what you want in the future. Then we move into who was that talking about? Hurdy. Uh, did we lose Hurdy? We lost Hurdy. The science of how habits work the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward. Anything else on that other part? So, question to the group uh, Does it always have to be a personal cue or a question? 
can't you be like you're a newbie in an industry or you're learning a skill set and somebody just teaches you this is the way you should you know execute this job that sort of thing so i know he has to define things and, and make it finite but i'm just saying this it's not always cute uh somebody may have answered the cue for you and taught it to you yeah the cue triggers your brain he says you just speak to him let's let's look at what he says before we throw out our own um, opinions maybe experience but uh so the cue triggers your brain to initiate a behavior so i'm in a new job and i had to be trained how to do things and one of them is uh, Medicare patients. So when we see Medicare patients, they do not need a prior authorization if they're fee for service, they go straight to buy and bill, whatever. So now when I see Medicare, I don't have to think, it's a habit, I know exactly what to do, but I didn't, I borrowed that cue from somebody else who taught it to me in like a week. If that's kind of what you're asking about. So I learned a new habit in my process for work but it was just taught to me. But it makes my life so much easier now. The only question I have to ask is, is it managed Medicare? Is it Medicare with TRICARE for Life? You know, I just have to ask a few questions. I still have to think, but the main idea of how it's gonna work is already there because somebody taught me. Precisely. Okay. Just a, just maybe, a not playing, maybe playing words with here, but did you learn a process? Did you learn a habit? Well, that's a good question because I learned a process. You're right. But it's kind of a, that's a good question. I, I it's more question. Yeah. I the question, what's the difference between a process and a habit? Yeah, I know. I'm stop, stopping to go, wait a minute. Oh, he does address that in here. Yeah, yeah, he does. Here's the thing. I don't have to stop and think. And so if it's my unconscious already made the decision and I know what I'm doing, it's been habituated in my brain. Maybe the process habituated. <laughs> what, I, what I love about this whole, you know, discussion about the brain works is, you know, it just reveals to me anyway, I see it. And I'm like, God made an ordered universe and he made our minds ordered. And there's so much our minds have to do. He gave us these automatic subroutines to run automatically and if those subroutines are set up for, you know, things that thrive human life, then we see people thriving. And if those subroutines are set up and programmed and released for things that don't create thriving human life and environments, then we cause wreckage for ourselves and others. And I think life's the process of, of trying to figure that out and improve those sub subautomated routines. Beth, I just want to add to what you said. I've never been on a consulting project yet that I knew their system. I knew accounting systems, but not their system. Right. So there's a learning curve. And so, you know, the, the, you know, the habits and processes you're trying to hopefully get to people that are intelligent about their system, which is, which is not always written down. You can do a better job and hopefully improve them. But when you walk in, I mean, you're, I mean, it's your, your, your infancy state. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go from cues here. For, uh, we can come back to it. 
if you, you see me my phone my book is on the phone <laughs> sorry no no that's cool uh the uh, the cravings yeah and i've got my phone up here i'll do a word search for a word in in kindle um but um so let's go down to cravings for a minute. So we got Q, then a craving. Um, the cravings, the second step, the motivational force behind every habit. You know, so I guess, um, and he said something, somebody said something, or I saw something here about, oh, for, the, for a gambler, the sound of a slot machine can be a potential, a potent trigger that sparks an intensive wave of desire. Well, you know, at lunch today, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up about 12 pounds from where I want to be. And, um, I, I tested something the other day and wore a, a 20 pound weight vest. My wife said it looked like I had a, a bomb strapped to my chest and uh, surprised I didn't get arrested. <laughs> and, uh, matter of fact, I left out with that thing on that I borrowed from a guy and about 15 minutes later, she heard all these sirens. She figured they were coming for me. And she's looking for me on my, on her find my phone out. But anyway, uh, so, so anyway, I'm on the, you know, my, my daughter's got this, she's a, uh, some kind of health weight loss coach. And, and so I'm doing this lean and green thing. So today at lunch, I fixed one, uh, ordered and tasted real good, but I wanted some crackers. It's one of those foods that I normally would eat crackers. And with it, and I needed the crunch. Now, I have learned over the years that I just like the crunch. It's that trigger. I need that crunch. And so I, I ate uh, uh, some walnuts, which I'm not real wild about walnuts, but it satisfies the crunch. Um, he says here, cues are meaningless until they're interpreted. The thoughts, feelings, emotions of the observer are what transforms a cue into a craving. Well, I'm sure everybody's heard the old cliche that we're not willing to change it so until the pain of being the same exceeds the pain of change. I heard that 40 years ago. I've never heard I've never heard you say that before. Say it again, Gary. The you will not change until the pain of staying the same exceeds the pain of change. No, the the other way around. If, if, if the pain of staying the same is pain, more painful than the you pain changing, pain. Yeah. You'll, may, you'll have the cue to make the change. Yeah. So, you know, you keep butting your head against the proverbial brick wall, and then you just keep doing it over and over and over again. And, you know, there's the other cliche, which says, you know, if you're doing the same thing and expecting a different result, <laughs> you're dumber than you look. And, and Danny, I would go on to say that uh, a craving uh, 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 or a trigger can be more than one thing on, yeah. on the same on a, on a same habit. Yeah, and my sweet tooth craving is what's been ice cream. Yeah, that's you. Ice yeah, white, cream, white ice cake, cream. and ice cream. Sink ice cream. Oh my gosh. Um, 
See, that's making you want to go to Wendy's as soon as we get off, isn't it? See, that's making you. Well, think yeah, about I did that uh, when, I, when I started walking See? ago, and I, I decided I wanted a. I was going to go to Wendy's. And I was going to get me a, a frosty. So my wife was out of town. She called me. So she said, did. And she looks at me. Uh, she looked on the find my phone app. She, she, she said, why are you at Wendy's? It's a Saturday afternoon. I said, I wanted a frosty. She had thought you were going walking. So I said, I did. <laughs> about two miles to Wendy's. So I said, I'm going to walk to Wendy's and eat me a frosty. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was back in the early days. I'd like to have not made it home. Um, let's jump over to page 50 and the habit loop. Yeah. Kind of more of the same, but he kind of describes it a little bit different. Um, um, anybody got an example of something that you do and it's just out of habit you do it and you don't need, you didn't need to do it. So you're, you're describing, uh, from my recovery group that I used to teach, you're describing an addiction. Yeah. A loop is an addiction. And, and, and it, all four of those steps are occurring without even a thought. Uh, they're, they're so ingrained in the person that they're, it, it's just all four things just are a continuous loop. They never change. They never change. They never change. It has to be, it almost has to be broken by uh, some sort of uh, intervention into the head, right? It, something has to change completely in order to get out of that loop. That's how I picture it in my head. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's real tough to break that loop. And I would say the same thing for, for business habits. If we've done something for, I've done stuff since 2008. Uh, since I've been running my business and and um, I will tell you, you do get stuck in some things that are wasteful that you just have to decide. I don't want to do this anymore. Hello, Missy here. From yep. Um, yeah, I've got an example of down on page bottom, page 51. Imagine what to what what we're talking about here. Imagine walking to a dark room, flipping on the light switch. You perform this simple habit so many times it occurs without thinking. You proceed through all four stages in the fraction of a second. The urge to act strikes you without thinking. Um, on a submarine, they have to, uh, they call it blow the tanks every once in a while. The, the sewage tanks, use that word, the sewage tanks, they have to be blown. So you're down at 400 feet. And they have, so they pressurize that tank and then open a valve and it blows it out to sea. And uh, well, while they're doing that, they put up these signs in the head, the rest in the bathroom, restrooms uh, uh, that, you know, you're forbidden to go past that because they don't want anybody uh, opening any of the valve that on a commode on the submarines, it's, it, it's a flapper valve. You know, a flapper valve is, uh, you've got a pipe. Well, flapper valve is sitting there and it turns sideways and it's closed. You pull a lever, and it opens and it, so there to commode and flows down in there. You run some water and it flushes it. It's two different things. Well, you can go under the chain to the, to the door and, but beware if you, you, uh, you don't want to pull that flapper valve. 
And so the idea that the flapper valve uh, uh, won't go through the whole, but there's a couple of things you do. So you, you put your hands basically behind your back. So you don't reach out and pull the flapper valve, but inherently somebody through habit, they get through using the bathroom and reach up and they pull it. Well, they do, they've got, you know, 400 at uh, 400 feet. There's a few thousand pounds of pressure that they're having to overtake to, to push the, the sewage into the ocean. Well, when you open that flapper valve and guess where that, all that comes out, it comes up in your face and, and into the, into the head, into the restroom. And it's just one of those trigger things. And uh, one, you, we'd be out sea for 10 weeks at a time. And, and at, at least once while we're out there, some idiot did it. And of course we all laughed our butts off because he gets to clean it. <laughs> yeah. But it's just one of those things that you just absolutely do. Danny, um, I run into a situation frequent enough, unfortunately, uh, with people. I've got someone now This, you know, they're like the picture of the middle-class couple. And unfortunately, they haven't filed a return in eight years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a psychologist share with me a client years ago that, you know, about the stage of grief. And he said, until they get mad, nothing happens. They're still in denial. They're not even angry yet. So it's like they know they need to do it, but it's become like this bad habit. They don't file and they don't file. And, and, and the really sad part is, I think some of these years that they have not filed, they have refunds and they can't get them back. There's a statute of limitation. And when you explain right. it to them, they think they look at you like you're nuts. Right, John? What yeah. do you mean? You know, right. it's my money. What well, used to be your money. And <laughs> what's sad out, is sometimes they don't even get mad. It's just like, yeah, they're not mad yet. Yeah. It's just and like, so I, yeah, I explained to them that there's a U.S. Supreme Court case where the vote's 9-0 about statute of limitations. 9-0, how often do you get that? Supreme Court, never. Okay, the point is, you know, it, it, they hurt themselves. I can't, I don't have a do-over, but they're still, they still will not file a return. And so, you know, it's just bad habits taken over. It's permeated their whole life. You know, Johnson, I mean, it, it's really sad. And I don't, I'm not the counselor, but I've seen it too many times for that whole pattern. It's really tough. I mean, it's, it's unreal. I mean, it's just some professors, some attorneys, all this stuff. I mean, the, the money they leave on the table, but it's just like some years, five digit refunds they've given up, but other years right. they've got a five digit liability, but they can't, they can't use that offshore. I mean, it's just good. Right. right. Yeah. So the, so the point is that, you know, I mean, those five stages, I mean, they, they need to start forming a good habit. And then the first thing is just to file the most current return we have with the lowest balance due. I've got one of those. It's like it's like they're frozen. So they could use these steps, but they're so deep in denial, which is the first stage of grief, that I can't even get them to the angry stage. <laughs> It'll I mean, come. It'll yeah. come. It'll come. But It'll it's come. like, you know, so... Maybe I just need some copy of the book. I don't know. Yeah, you know that's. I mean, there's things we can do. We be Gary. You mentioned the pain a while ago, and uh, Tom, you and John were just talking about. I mean, there's sometimes that there's a. I don't know. This is a good example of those two or not, but but Tom, what you were talking about made me think about. I had a habit of speeding. 30 years ago. I mean, I got 
two or three tickets a year. I would try. I tried everything. I tried, you know, radar detectors screaming at me, you know, to not speed. And I've really been working on not speeding. One day I got a ticket. I got pulled over speeding, speeding in Westlake. And I thought I was in a uh, 30 mile hour zone. I was in a 20, got pulled over. I was going about 32. And, uh, but I didn't get a ticket. Guy let me go because my driver's license was expired. I thought that was pretty cool. He just <laughs> let me go. He said, get your driver's license, get it fixed. He ran, I didn't have any warrants or anything. Everything was fine. He said, just go get this, just get take care of them. I'll let you go. Now I'm always real nice. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. Whatever it is. About 30 days later, I got stopped again in Corsicana, outside of Waco. Highway Patrol, same thing. And he goes, eh, just go ahead. Just, just go get your ticket. Hey, just go get your driver's license. Let me go. No speeding ticket. I'm thinking, this works. So I started, so now I'm kind of afraid that I'm going to get stopped and I need to go get my driver's license. I got to go to the driver's driver's license office to get it done. You know, couldn't do it through the mail. This was, you know, 30 years ago. Time went by and I slowed down. I didn't get any tickets. It actually happened third time uh, up up in Waco and Hewitt got got pulled over and kind of like, huh. But I was slowing down. I was afraid to get pulled over, you know, all this. My wife got a phone call from State Farm and said, your husband doesn't have a driver's license. <laughs> well, sure I do. So I called a buddy of mine at, at uh, uh, DPS driver's license in Waco and, and I said, Bobby, told him what's going on. He said, what's your driver's license number? And I told him, he says, no, it's not. And I said, I'm looking at it. He said, Danny, we gave that, dri- that number to somebody else uh, uh, six months ago. You, you, your driver's license been expired for five years. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you know what? That was 25, 28 years to it's over 25 years ago, and I have not had a ticket since. <laughs> but I did have to go, I lost my motorcycle license. I had to go retake the test the whole nine yards and, and uh, up in Georgetown I had to go through the whole driving test again. <laughs> what are you looking at me like that for, Scott? <laughs> that was painful. Wow. But anyway, I mean, it's one of those things that the Gary, your thing about, earlier about the pain, you know. But it did. And, hey, I, knew hey, it was, I, and I knew it was slowing me down. I, I, that I was slowing down because of the fear of getting stopped and not having a driver's license. And anyway, so well, I got a, a flip on the pain because Clear says the final step is your reward, right? And so you uh, got the four laws, and then the fourth one is, uh, you know, making it fun, making it satisfying, a reward. And then sometimes when you're in a process, the reward is a long way out there. And so to the group, maybe Scott running for office, you know, heard he's been in this business now 13, 14 years. Uh, Other people, Beth has been in sales. You know, it takes a lot of effort sometimes before you get an order. And sometimes you never get an order. Yep. What's, what's the answer to the satisfaction of going through the process? Uh, do you have a, a mental exercise that you go through 
that this works for you? Are you convinced yourself that the process is going to pay off? Proverbial good, good, good. And I'll give you an example. So Square sent me a report the other day that since I started my classes and got them in order in January, I've raised close to 600 bucks. Now, that's not a lot of money. But I had to prove the concept first that people would actually pay a small fee to come on for two hours and learn something they needed for their business. So there's a perfect example. But that reward did not come. I had to take a year to write the content and get it organized so I could teach it. And, and that was a lot of labor without any kind of compensation. So, you know, that's a good example, Gary. Good what, example. What spurred you on? Hmm. curiosity um i wanted to prove and here i am back to my athletic competitive days i wanted to prove that you could actually take a very complicated subject and simplify it and make it easy for people to understand that was my mission and you know, I'm, Gary, I'm, I'm always focused on Google stuff. So if you know, Google's not easy to understand. So I wanted to make it real simple for people to know how to do certain things. That was my goal. Okay. And I had to put the system in place to make that happen. So I have three classes that I started and that's all I've done so far. I've got 10 more to write, but it's gonna take six months to write each class, quite frankly, and get it organized correctly. So. That's that's the habit and the system I'm in right now. So are they self-paced or are you uh, in personal attendance? It's personal. It's personal attendance. And then there's email support after. Okay. Guys, let's move over to page 52. Let's finish up. Uh, Sorry about out. that. No, no, that's real good. That's real good. Hurry. Uh, let's talk about the uh, kind of look through those uh, that I mean. Jump over to page 53, the top one. Problem phase, you hit a stumbling block on a project at work. Number two, the craving, you feel stuck and want to relieve your frustration. What do you do? You pull out your phone and check social media. That satisfies the craving to feel relieved. Checking social media becomes associated with feeling stalled at work. And that is right. <laughs> Anybody else ever done that? You find yourself on Facebook. You're not sure how you got there. God, how did that happen? <clears throat> I, go, Mark, I do it. I will not click. I have, but I will not click. If you send me a YouTube between eight and six, I will not click on it because I'm afraid of where I'm going to end up in that world. Herdy sent me something the other day. And I, re I already sent some stuff every once in a while, and he wants me to look at. Uh, you know, so, and I won't click on it until until later. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> a a long time ago, one of our <laughs> VPs said, "The life of a project starts up here, and then it slowly, slowly starts to decline." until the point where you're ready to quit one day and then you finally see some light at the end of the tunnel and then you start to slowly pick back up until you finish your project but in high enthusiasm low energy 
this thing may not work and then you grow and it finishes so there's a dip it's a recognized dip yeah anybody else relate to any of this i mean i could talk about a couple more biting your nails gary well gary mentioned last week i've used uh you know that's uh, uh caroline leaf i used her one of her methods i've bit my nails ever since i can remember and i've tried everything well, i've tried hot sauce well, i've tried uh, everything tried to stop biting my nails, and but uh, I did it through uh, the the neural pathway type thing. But uh, the, the the I was going to say, Danny, the the unfortunate thing about the 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 kids today is is that they are truly in the habit of uh, of this social media stuff, and they are addicted to uh, the whatever goes with it. Uh, our generation was lucky we played on playgrounds and went home and ate. But the, the kids today, this is the technology they were raised on and that's all they do. Yep. I mean, their social skills lack, not online, but in person to person. And and I think that that's gonna be a downfall for, for uh, talk about bad habits. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I know some that have taken some of that and they've turned it. Um, made a lot of money. And made yeah. a lot of money. They've used it in their other skills and jobs. Um, I've got a nephew that I literally thought he would be a uh, – he couldn't get out of his bedroom from playing uh, war games and Xbox, and he's a highly functioning in, uh, in, in the finance world and is just a uh, – excellent at his um, uh, at his job uh, he's also in the mortgage business my brother's um, one of his boys and just incredible at it you know austin uh you know uh, uh some of the same stuff and he can blow me away with some of the presentations he can use with some of our software so i think it's just how they go about it then i know some that they're still living with their parents and Still playing war games, okay? And five years old. I'll brag on my son since we're on that. He gave up Xbox when he moved off to college. He said, "I'm not taking it with me," and that, and he just stopped cold turkey. And I thought it was a real habit, right? But it wasn't. It was, you know, I don't know, just sort of uh, hanging with some people, I yep. guess, whatever. And um, he, I'm, we don't do Facebook. Um, I, he wanted me on Facebook like about 10th grade. So that's how I ended up with a Facebook account so I could monitor his. And then, um, you know, I think he's on Instagram a little bit, but like he, he went to Patagonia and like didn't take pictures. I mean, that he, that he sent out to the world. He just sent a few in an email. It was just, or a text. It's just really interesting. And by the way, he was working as an IRS attorney. <laughs> so he's not doing that right now, but he can recommend that firm he was working for. Because <laughs> so, he, he was dealing with people who didn't file for eight years and that kind of thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he says on page 54, as we wrap up here in the last five minutes, it would be irresponsible for me to claim that these four laws are an exhaustive exhaustive framework for changing any human behavior, but I think they're close. Uh, 
if you've ever if you've ever wondered why don't I do what I say I'm going to do, why don't I lose the weight or stop smoking or save for retirement or start that side business? Why do I say something's important but never seem to take time for it? These answers to these questions can be found somewhere in these four laws. Jumping down, every goal is doomed to fail if it goes against the grain of human nature. Your habits are shaped by the systems in your life and the chapters that follow. We will discuss these laws one by one. And the uh, good habits emerge naturally and bad habits wither away. He's going to show us how um, you can use the system to uh, use the, the laws to create a system. One quick comment in here. Of course, he continues to build on these elementary skills as he goes through the book. And about two thirds of the way through, he gets into your innate personality gifts and being able to work within those gifts because it's easier for you. That's what God gifted you to do. And so uh, you'll find that the book adds on and builds on these building blocks that he's putting in place. And I, I agree with him 100%. Uh, the whole dispersonality profile, the uh, personality plus by Sally Hogshead, um, you know, what is it? Uh, personality plus or the 2.0 test, all those things I think are critical. And I would love for new kids coming out of high school and college to know these things about themselves so they don't launch a bunch of effort and education into the wrong field for themselves. I didn't remember that about the book. I didn't remember he got into the personalities. Yeah. There's sometimes I think I just gloss over. It's like on page 220 or so. Okay, cool. Thanks. So that's good. All right. Thanks, everybody. Very good. Thank you, Danny. All right, Thanks, Danny. I'll see y'all later. Y'all have a great week. Hey, thanks, Mike. All right, take care. Thanks again, Hardy. Really appreciate the book.